Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by all three of the boys today, Mac, Thacker, and Kyle making his 2023 debut. Kyle, we missed you last week. Have to, say, have to say, have to say, it was a little disappointing <laughs> doing the doing the first couple of recordings without you, but we'll let it slide, I guess, because Matt and Thacker have pissed me off way more than you ever have, so we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, but, I think that's our job now. I'm not getting paid enough to do with that if it's my job, but um, we're doing something a little bit different today. So we, Thacker, you had an idea, and it was with the release of The Last of Us from HBO that maybe we should talk about other games we would like to see get video game adaptions. I will be on the record 100%, and I think that a lot, I think all three of you would just about agree. I am against just about any kind of video game adaptation because there is no real track record of them being any good. Uh, I will point out they are typically successful, but that doesn't always mean that they're good. They always make a lot of money, and that's because people are kind into going and seeing them. So, I think Detective Pikachu, to give you an idea, wasn't the greatest movie in the world, had a $150 million budget, it made $433 million. Wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but again, it was quote-unquote successful because it made money. Um, but we are going to actually start a series where we review every new episode of The Last of Us, just because we've all played the game, we all played Last of Us Part 1, well, at the very least, three of us did. Matt, I know you're playing through it, I think, right now, actually, right? Or you're about to start your playthrough? Yeah, yeah, I will be starting a playthrough of it now that I have it downloaded on my PlayStation 5. I mean, it's all, I mean, it's the same game. We all know what happens in the game. But we all loved the first episode so much, we figured that uh, we'd go ahead and do a couple episodes on it. And at the very least, we're going to do a new episode on every new uh, episode of Last of Us that drops. I thought Kyle would hate the idea when I presented it to him, but apparently he loved it. So, I mean, hey, new content is new content, so we're good. So, Matt, I'm going to start with you because I think we've talked the most about it. I know I've talked with each of you individually at the very least a little bit about it, but uh, I feel like the strength of this first episode, because obviously we all knew what was going to happen in this episode. We all knew the emotional gut punch that was going to happen in this episode. And I hate that I have to even say spoiler alert because... The game's been out for over a decade, and the episode's now been out for going on three full days. Uh, but if you have not watched the episode and you don't want any spoilers, probably shouldn't listen from this point forward. But, Matt, how they set up Sarah in this show? Because I think that, and Thacker, you're great at looking stuff up. If you can, I think that the actress's name was Nico Parker. I think that was her name. Uh, so I, I want to say that I think that she was probably one of the biggest standouts in this episode because the first 20 minutes leading up to the big moment that I referred to, we have to really fall in love with her character. That's almost her character's job is to make us love her enough to where that emotional moment hurts as much as it does. And Matt, we agreed. They they succeeded leaps and bounds than I think we could have expected. Yes, they did. And I think one of the strongest things that they did was the fact that they gave her more to do because compared to the, yes. the game uh you literally start playing as her waking up and you know the whole world is going to shit but here we get a little bit more character development for her like we see her visiting neighbors this elderly couple um you know we see her getting the watch for joel um you know she it, there's not a lot there but it is just enough to like you know yeah. you know justify all this like additional content that they added with her character and 
that scene in the game, it hit us all really hard. Like, I remember the first time watching it. I remember, the, like, you know, being with um, with Kyle in a party when we were watching it. He was telling everybody, shut the fuck up! <laughs> um, but just knowing, that, just knowing what was going to happen, it you know, it didn't take away from it at all because, like I said before, we got a little bit more character development with her. And I think it actually, to, to me personally... She, the, the actress, uh, did such a phenomenal job with what she was given, which is just this first episode, which is like the first 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. But she, but she sold it. Like, she was Sarah right there, and her acting was so good, especially, like, you know, when she's in the backseat of the truck after uh, Joel, um, you know, they, they pick her up after, you know, she, she sees the, the madness that's going on. Yeah. And she's just in the backseat, and she's just scared, and, like, she just pulls it off, and then when the truck flips or crashes um that just that, that legitimate fear in her face and like you know she's in pain she can't move all the, leading up all the way up to the moment that we all know that's coming she just nailed it right on the head yeah no i thought she was fantastic again one of my standouts 100% from the episode and i i i have to touch on a little bit more of what you referred to um a lot of people and TV would call it maybe filler parts of an episode, but I, I really do think that one thing that they did really well early on in this episode was kind of answering some of the questions that we have leading up to that. So, you know, you remember in the game, you just, again, you wake up as her and you give Joel, you give him, you know, his watch that's been fixed for his birthday. Well, it begs the question, okay, well, how did she get the watch fixed? Where'd she get the money for it? I think Joel, even in the game, asks her, where'd you get the money for this? All those, like, little questions that maybe seem insignificant to anybody that, you know, isn't, like, heavily invested in The Last of Us. I feel like, that again, that's really good. I don't want to call it filler because that almost sounds negative. But it's kind of just good detail to add into this world that we already know about. Kyle, we discussed a lot of this. And that's that I feel like the number one thing people will say about this show is... It's not 100% like the game. And man, you have agreed that if you want to if you want to experience something that's 100% like the game, the game exists. Yeah. <laughs> like the game, the game is out there. Go play the game. I liked that there were some little minute differences. For example, you're not attacked in your own house like you are in the game by the first infected. You see, you know, you go to try to help. She goes, so Sarah goes and tries to help the neighbors. And that's where she sees that her neighbors have been killed and that it's that old lady. Kyle, first of all, let's talk about the scene when she's over at the neighbors earlier in the day when she's looking at all the movies and in the background when there's no sound, you see the grandma like twitching. Like you see the beginning of the infection. I, I feel like this 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 show is going to do an amazing job building character and building tension like they did in that scene. Oh, absolutely. I think that was wonderful foreshadowing because when it was happening, I was like, oh, shit, Sarah's about to get attacked right now. But then, you know, the grandma just kind of goes back into place and doesn't move. And you see when Sarah leaves that the dog is kind of, you know, freaking out about the grandma. Yeah. And that was awesome. I knew immediately I was like some really bad shit's going to happen. And I thought that it was really cool to see a lot of the moments from the game, like very specific, you know, lines of dialogue, like when Joel asked, you know, where'd you get the money? And Sarah was like, oh, I sell drugs. <laughs> that was literally right from the game. And it was so cool to, you know, it was very surreal to see that acted out in live action. But then also, 
you know, get more of the natural dialogue that would come before and after those kinds of conversations. Because in a game, you can only capture, I think, so much of reality. Yes. But to see, you know, the show really bring these characters to life, I was so happy that they had my favorite scene from the game where Joel is running through the town carrying Sarah and everything's just on fire and it's mass chaos. That was actually the most terrifying part for me because it it was so real. It was so insane watching, you know, that plane come down and crash and, you know, the car flipping, all of that in, that entire scene, I think, was so perfectly done. Probably the most memorable part for me, just because of how insane things got within, you know, the first 25 minutes of the show. And all leading up to the most emotional part that no matter, you know, how many times I have played the game over, I I knew it was coming and I still cried. Oh, 100%. I think that I think that this her Sarah's death scene in the in the show, it hits just as much as it did in the game. And I still remember playing the game for the first time back, you know, years ago. And I don't know that a game has ever made me feel like that since, but it it really goes to show just how great of an acting job I feel in that scene. Nico Parker, Pedro Pascal, and Gabriel Luna, the acting job by all three of them. There's a lot of great chemistry in this class, or in this cast, class, anyways, in this cast, and and I think they really shined. Thacker, there's one other scene kind of early in, in the episode that I want to ask you about, because, and it's a scene that's been getting a lot of buzz, if you will, on social media, and it is the very opening of the show, and it's this talk show, and there's, you know, the host. I don't know who the actor is that plays the host. But there's this doctor there that's played by John Hanna. And he delivers this this monologue kind of explaining why a fungal infection is what ultimately society should be afraid of. And it's dismissed at first. And, you know, the other, other doctor that's there says, you know, well, that wouldn't be possible. At the very least, it wouldn't be possible in humans. It's possible in ants because in the game, cordyceps, which is what the virus is known as... It's, it's a very real thing. It's, it's real, but it only really affects ants in the real world here. Uh, he goes on to say, though, you know, you're right. It can't survive in an in a organism with an interior body temperature of over 94 degrees. But what if the world was to, say, get a few degrees warmer? Then it would give fungi a chance to evolve and adjust and be able to adapt to that kind of environment. And Thacker, I love this scene because, in my opinion... The biggest misconception in The Last of Us is that the enemies are never the cannibals, it's never the raiders, it's never the bandage meat. I feel like the infection is the main antagonist of this show, and in my opinion, this scene sets it up perfectly, and it makes it very real. Most definitely. The entire scene, and hands down to all the actors who were in that scene, and the host especially, I feel like, brought it together, just like joking kind of matter of like, could this really be a thing? Like Josh Brenner really did a good job as the host there. And yeah, for sure. I, I think that, and Thacker, you tell me what you think about this. Did you kind of notice how the crowd, the further into the monologue he gets, like the more kind of they're, they're sitting, they're leaning forward. They're kind of more invested in it. They're almost more scared of what he's saying. 
you do you you can see it even as they're showing like more of the wide angle you can definitely see where the audience is actually like leaning in further you see more details in the neck and everything i feel like these the studio did a really great job with actually going through and making sure that the intensity and the draw into pretty much were there i agree i think that that was the perfect opening for this show because again it establishes the threat and it makes that threat very very i said that on twitter it establishes the threat and it makes it very very real something that you can actually be afraid of so kind of getting past the prologue you know sarah's death happens and then it jumps 20 years later you know like it does in the game lo and behold to the year 2023 if uh that's some scary kind of foreshadowing um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I think that there's no better scene that kind of depicts the, this world than the first scene after the time jump where you see this little girl. I think that at first it's supposed to be some kind of fake out of Ellie to where you're supposed to think that it's her. And then it's just revealed it's some little girl. She stumbles you know, up to the gates of the quarantine zone. They carry her in. She's talking to the security officer. And they give her that little test that you see in the game. And obviously she tests positive, And you can tell by the look on the security officer's face that... She's tested positive. And she tar- starts telling her all these, you know, things like, oh, after we get you some medicine, we're going to get you some good food, some toys. And you can just kind of feel that she's lying to this girl to kind of ease her and to make her feel okay, knowing that whatever is in that syringe is likely going to kill her because of the infection. And again, Kyle, this this world is so desperate. It's like that in the game. It's like that here. I feel like no scene in this episode really gave that feeling like this did oh 100 percent. it really showed the fear that everyone lives with this you know virus going around uh that's infecting people and turning them you know bringing them back to life turning them into you know undead essentially except they're not your typical zombie these motherfuckers run fast and you know they'll tear through your flesh like there's no tomorrow and it really shows i think how society would kind of form their own little i don't want to say cliques but everybody is kind of you know you're in one group or you're in another either you're in like this federal quarantine zone or you're part of the raiders or you know as as we'll see going on there's other there's other groups and factions and stuff but uh i think it's very interesting that you know you see how much Joel has changed without him saying a word. Just the entire scene of him, you know, pulling that little girl's body off the truck and just yeeting it the fuck in the burn pit like it was nothing. I have never felt such cold-heartedness from someone. And Pedro Pascal really pulled it off because he didn't say a word. He, he just went over there and it was every part of you know every emotion that was coming out of his body out of his face the expressions and you know the way he just looked around like it was nothing it it shows how you know in 20 years broken this guy's become and how desperate he is in this desperate world as you see with him you know doing things like selling drugs to the federal officers for extra ration cards or for uh you know things that he can take over to the guy running the radio station because he's looking for Tommy. I agree. I think that 
I think that you really feel the desperation and you see how Joel has changed. And I like what you mentioned there, Kyle, about, you know, he doesn't have to say a word for us to know this. In the game, we don't really see a lot of that, you know, kind of leading up to, you know, the, his first line of dialogue. We don't really have a lot of buildup. There's maybe a couple seconds. But here, you can see that he's already, he's a hardened individual. He, he, he feels that anger. He's got that pain inside him. And there's been nothing, there's been no way for him to kind of resolve that in the past 20 years. So I kind of want to ask a general question to y'all. And I guess, Matt, I'll let you go first and then we can go from there. There's been a lot of talk about Pedro Pascal's performance. And I think he's fantastic. I think he's a great Joel. I think he's did a great job, as, as I will also say about um, Bella Ramsey as Ellie, even though we saw very, very little of her in this episode. What are our overall thoughts about Pedro Pascal's performance? Um, I really enjoyed it. Mostly because of the fact that, like you said earlier, he didn't have to say a single word for you to understand exactly what he went through in the past 20 years. He's a hardened veteran in this world. Like, we don't, we don't know what it is that built up to where he currently is, but you know from the moment that um, Sarah, you know, Sarah dies, and then we get the 20 years, and then you see him dumping, you know, not just bodies, but bodies of children into a fire pit, completely sold the character. Uh, just all the little conversations that he had throughout. He's a survivor first and foremost. You know he'll uh, he'll he'll make you know agreements with e- even the guards, which we saw that and the re- um, relationship that he had with with uh, with Tess in this was you know it was really enjoyable to watch in live action. And I'm going to be honest with you, him and Tess being in a relationship went over my head in the game. It's been so long since I played the first <laughs> one. But um, when you're, it's, when you're it's hinted at, it's hinted at very briefly in the game, so at, I get that. In the show, and you know they're sharing a room together, and there's that little moment where you know Joel goes to sleep and he's dreaming, and, and Tess is like right next to him and wraps her arm around him, and I was like, oh, they're a couple, <laughs> like, <laughs> which explains a lot more about like why he you know was so destroyed when you know future spoilers. Is that okay to talk about real quick? It was in the Maybe game. Maybe we should wait till that episode. Let's wait till that wait. episode. Okay, fair enough. And I think, you know, what what's really going to sell the show is the dynamic between Joel and Ellie. And they didn't get a lot of scenes together because they literally met within the last 30 minutes. But the one scene that really stuck out to me is when Joel and Tess enter the hallway, um, you know, where Marlene and her her companion, her friend or whatever, uh, you know, they, they did a shootout. I love that scene where Ellie's knife is under Joel's foot. And that's that was a great moment that um, Bella Ramsey gave us. Like that whole, you know, she hates this guy. They're already off to a bad start knowing what's going to come next. Exactly, but I think yeah. that so far in the little, the little screen time that they had together, I already see the dynamic. I'm already like really looking forward to like what they're going to give us in the uh, next coming episodes. Yeah, the chemistry is definitely there. I agree. That's definitely, yeah. but you can see it even more as the episode goes on, especially like towards the end of the episode where of course certain events transpire and Joel just kind of loses it. You can see that it's definitely a different dynamic from what we've seen earlier in the episode. You can talk about it in detail. I already gave a spoiler alert. Oh yeah. <laughs> spoiler yeah, alert. Where, yeah. Where Joel was beating the shit out of that guy and then he killed him <laughs> with bare hands. That shit was like, so brutal like, you see and it Ellie's face, dude. Like, yeah. you see this face of just pure, like, entertainment with it. You're like, what the hell's going on? I like this. This is cool. A little bit of respect shown there from 
Yeah. Bella Ramsey's uh, performance in total. So you know, it's some. It's interesting you bring that up. There's something that I, I rewatched the episode uh, on Monday after. Uh, you know, obviously the Monday after the episode was released, I rewatched it. It's very interesting if you note the differences in uh, Sarah's reaction to Joel killing to protect her versus Ellie's reaction. Sarah's is horrified, like she can't believe her dad just did that, and Ellie is. Holy shit! This dude just you know killed for me. This is fucking awesome. Like right. yeah. it, it's, but but it's amazing how again you don't need to hear words to know how they feel about that. You can just see it in the facial expression. Again, I, I think that the cast did a really good job. Before uh, before we kind of get to, as Kyle and I are going to call it forward, our bounds round. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. Well, what were some other performances that y'all liked? Because I have to. This is the only one, only time, or one of the only times you'll ever hear me cut in after I ask a question. Um, I personally love the fact that Merle Dandridge is back to play Marlene, the original yes. voice actress of Marlene. I and yes. I thought I think she absolutely nailed this role. And she mentioned if you I don't know if you guys watched like the behind the scenes after uh, after the episode ended, but she even admitted that she was nervous about having to portray this character in a show because it's so much different than portraying it in a game. In a game, you just have to be the voice. You're there to be the right. voice, and you're just selling it by that. In the show, though, you have to have that personality, that kind of swagger, that kind of walk. And mm-hmm. I think that she absolutely nailed it. Who were who some other people? I guess, Kyle, you're the only one that really didn't get to talk about it very much. Who were some other performances you really liked? Oh, man, I am really excited to see more of uh, Tommy. I cannot remember for the life Gabriel of Gabriel Luna, he killed it. Yes. I agree. I am really excited. And, you know, for, for people who played the game, they know that it might be a little while until we see him again, um, depending on the pacing of the show. But I cannot wait to see him in more action scenes because he was a badass during that intro. And um, I also, I'm really interested to learn more. I mean, I don't know if we will, but I'd like to know more about that guy who runs the radio. Yes, because, like, you know, they had a, a, a pretty, you know, big scene with him where they dropped a lot of hints about, you know, things to come. And uh, there was also a lot of little clues about, you know, us learning kind of this world's code. Um, we find out later on where Ellie um, finds that book that Joel was writing in about the, uh, you know, 60s music and the 70s music and the 80s music and... If yes. one of them comes on the radio, what the different one means. And I thought that that was such an interesting detail to add because obviously, um, you know, if if you're compromised on, on radio waves and you're saying, hey, people are coming in, people are coming in, they're going to know. And so they're probably going to rush you. But if you have some sort of code like this where you just play a specific song and look up the decade and you know what's going on, that is – very interesting. I, I am really excited to see a lot more uh, of the little details like that as well. I loved the kind of the the tension that builds when, you know, you find out what 80s music means because that's like the one that isn't <laughs> written down. And then you find out like kind of the basic gist of what it means. Really interested to see, see that as well. Matt, what about you? Some performances that stuck out to you? So if we're talking about this episode in general, I think Anna Torv did a great job as Tess, yes. especially during the scene with the interrogation where she's in the room with, uh, I believe it's Frank. Robert, Robert. Oh, Robert, Robert, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, just that whole scene that's leading up, it's like, I, lo- I love the fact that it's like, you know, 
there's there's a line that she says i can't remember it word for word but it's basically like you know that robert fears joel yes <laughs> and uh you know he's just talking about letting her go and, and she's just basically be like i won't tell anybody about this especially joel and then you know the explosion happens where you know she gets basically she gets jailbroken by uh the fireflies you know there's that whole war scene going on out there but she saw it, especially the the look in her face as she's walking down that street, and then she sees the guards coming up, um, and then she you know turns around to avoid that whole conflict, and then there's more coming up. I think every scene that she was in, she did a really good job, especially when she had to talk to Joel about you know convincing him to take this job that Marlene had given them with Ellie. Yeah. So. I, I I can't wait to see more about her. And as far as future performances go, all of us Last of Us fans know what's going to come. There's an actor named Lamar Johnson playing Henry. I'll leave it at that. Yes. Ooh. Oh, man. Honestly, y'all, y'all took some of the great ones that really are at the forefront of this episode. And honestly, with it, I, I have to agree. Like, Marlene was amazing. Tommy was amazing. Ellie was amazing. Every every single actor that is from this just kind of nailed their part. But I I still have to say, like, personally, I think Nico Parker did such an amazing job with this. And I agree. I, from somebody who just recently played Last of Us for the first time and seeing that heartbreak and then seeing it again in live action absolutely tore me apart i there was a point where i looked at tabby before i knew that the part was coming up and i was like just quiet no, mm. nothing i don't i don't want to hear anything just shh. and sure enough like i got the silence and saw it and i was like why does this happen again why does this hurt again yep <laughs> uh it was it was heart-wrenching I agree. I think, that, I think that we can all agree this was an absolute A-plus as far as getting this show off to a great start. One crazy detail that I'm not sure if y'all noticed, but did y'all see uh, at the end when kind of it's the cameras kind of panning out, you see the buildings, you see the lightning, there's actually a clicker on one of the buildings that... I did know, not. There's a clicker no, on one of the buildings that. That, that comes into frame and, and kind of just, like, you know, makes its screeching sound aimed, like, in the direction of, you know, Joel, Tess, and uh, Ellie. Again, just a really cool detail. Go back and watch it, and kind of, it's on the left side of the screen. It's hard for me to point out exactly from there. I saw it on Twitter first. Um, I will say, as far as looking forward to, to other performances, I think that Matt hit the nail on the head there. I think that he's going to be, I think that Lamar Johnson's going to be great as, uh, as Henry. I think Nick Offerman as Bill is going to be fantastic. And I'm yes. super excited. Ron Swanson is freaking Bill. Right. Like, that's gonna be that's gonna be freaking awesome. So now, as a part of today's bounds round discussion, something that'll be a little <laughs> bit more more common as we do more of these episodes, uh, let's talk about other games we would like to see get kind of this treatment. Now, as I said earlier, I'm not a fan of uh, most video game adaptations, but you know. Obviously, there's more that are on the horizon. God of War, Horizon, Gran Turismo, uh, Twist, Twisted Metal or whatever, I think, is getting one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's going to be rough. Uh, let's go around the table. We'll go uh, Matt, then Kyle, then Thacker, and then we'll end with me. Kind of what, what are some games y'all would like to see get this treatment? Uh, we've already gotten a movie for it. 
which was ass, except for the <laughs> scenes that took place in the past. But I want Assassin's Creed to get the, the TV show treatment. Something with, like, new assassins, new Templars, you know, that's a lot of world building in a timeline that we haven't seen before. And... I, it just it just deserves it. Like there's so much lore and story to be told with assassins. There's so many moments in history that can be you know covered. Like we can y'all are gonna kill me first. We can have an assassin on the Titanic. Like what's up? That sounds <laughs> awful. That sounds hate awful. everything. Every bit of that sounds awful. But yeah, no, there's, there's there's just a lot more that they can do because I know Rusty and I we talked about this when it came to the Assassin's Creed movie. The only scenes worth watching in that. Are there the scenes that took place uh, in the Animus? Yeah. And yeah. I honestly want to see that without any of the modern day stuff that really ruined that movie. Mm. And I think it has so much potential. Like, not maybe not even create a new assassin, but like do seasons per like each game, starting off with Altair, and then we can go to Ezio, and then we could go to the other one, Connor. Sure, let's go with that. But you know. I want to see Assassin's Creed done justice in a different form of entertainment. And I think that a TV show or a movie would be perfectly fine. As long as the movie isn't a re like retreating, retreading what they screwed up so much and with what we were given. Honestly, I think that when it comes to video games and doing uh, live action adaptations, as we've seen with the last of us, you can keep it pretty faithful and, still come out with a masterpiece i honestly think that there are some games that would probably be able to you know do the last of a streamer where you keep the game faithful um having really iconic moments in there um but one game that i think i would really really like to see um become a live action movie would probably oh man okay i i have i have a couple but i'm gonna try and pick one because we're running out of time <laughs> oh man this is okay y'all are gonna hate me but listen if you say kingdom hearts i swear to fucking uh, no <laughs> absolutely not look <laughs> i would like now and let me explain why i would like to see a returnal movie be done i fucking Solely because, oh, listen, because with the Last of Us TV show, there was a lot of stuff that they could really flesh out. And I think that as, as good as the Returnal story was, I would love to see the story get fleshed out so much more. Because there, I feel like, is a lot more performance there. And honestly, now how you would go about doing it i think would be a little bit different um there are some shows that have kind of replicated what a roguelike you know would be um i don't know groundhog day uh <laughs> i just play <played. laughs> um but yeah honestly i uh don't ever want to see zelda become a tv show a movie or anything ever again that was fucking horrible and that should never be a thing <laughs> honestly uh i'm sorry to say this kyle but excuse me princess but <laughs> uh i do have to say <laughs> sorry i had to i had to honestly it's funny you mentioned groundhog day because i would love to see a even if it's i would love to see a live action version of death loop 
No, like no, you don't get to brag on Deathloop after it, you hated on it for so long. No. Damn. I never hated on it. I never hated on it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Damn. I never said one negative thing about that. That's not my kind of game. I just wasn't having fun. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't having fun. I said it just wasn't my kind of game. Kyle, when are we ever having fun? Lame ass. <laughs> lame ass. Trying to fucking come back and brag on Deathloop. Man, finish your point. Damn. <laughs> Finish your damn point. See, I'm I'm on my job again. I'm pissing Rusty off. Finish your damn point. My job. I will no, I will delete all of your audio out from this episode. Ouch! Ouch. Damn. Well, no, I, I honestly think it would make a really good movie with how the story is, how much I've heard you guys rave about it. The little bit that I have played of it. Yes, I will I will admit to it, Rusty. Bastard. Um, <laughs> God damn it. I deserve it. You know, I'll deserve I'm going to go ahead and interrupt that here because the rest of what he's saying just doesn't even matter. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> oh, he stole my job. He stole my lines. <laughs> Finish your damn point, Thacker. I'm going to with now. <laughs> All right, good. Mine's Sekiro. All right, this is going to be the end of the episode. <laughs> All right, no, I'm just kidding. No, mine's actually Bloodborne. Uh, mine is actually Bloodborne oh. because I think Bloodborne okay. has more character and more lore than anything. It had to be something from software. I mean, come on now. You all thought it was Sekiro, you dumb sacks of shit. Uh, you're wrong. But and it would have made sense. It's Now, Sekiro, I will say, Sekiro would be a good one because it has a little bit more of a focused narrative. It's got a little bit more of... There's more dialogue. There's more cutscenes. There's more there. I just think with Bloodborne, I feel like, especially with the right team of people behind it, I feel like there's enough lore there. You could almost make several seasons of a TV show. I almost would, would like to see that in Thackers and Olympus. I almost wouldn't mind if Bloodborne got turned into an anime. Like, I really feel like there's something there that they could get turned into an anime, and I would 100% watch it. Uh, Records of Ragnarok, where's season two at, for real, though? Jenny and for Georgia, where's season three at? Um, If you're asking yourself if Rusty seriously just talked about Jenny and Georgia on this episode, you're goddamn right I did. Anyway, <laughs> Bloodborne, I think, would be an excellent idea for a TV show. I feel like there's, again, just too much there. There's too much character there for there not to be anything, so... That is going to wrap up this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow us on Facebook and TikTok, maybe, I guess. Thacker hasn't really said anything about it recently, but we'll plug it anyways at Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, for Kyle, for Matt, for Thacker, I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.